Hey guys, it's Sim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Monday and that means tonight was Monday Night Raw. As far as tonight's Monday Night Raw goes. So I don't know, and I want to get Luke's opinion on this here in a moment, but I don't know if it's the time change or if it was just me. I know someone else tweeted at me this on Twitter as well. The show wasn't bad. I liked tonight's Raw. I will say that for sure. But it did feel just a little long. And I don't know if that's the time. Like, by the time Raw usually ends, it's still light outside. If I'm looking right now, it's pitch dark. So I don't know if it's that it feels long because it feels later. Or if it felt long because it was just, it felt like a long show. But I had someone tweet me that. And I was thinking the same thing. Like, man, this show's got to be almost over, right? And I looked down. I'm like, oh, we got another hour. And I realized it's because it's getting dark earlier outside. But Luke... What did you feel about tonight's show as far as, like, did you feel like it felt like a long show? Did It it flowed well for me, but what were your thoughts on the way the show went tonight? I mean, I could definitely see why it would feel longer, but, but like, normally when it ends, it's, it's already, like, pitch dark out for me, so. True, because you're you're different time zone. Yeah, I'm different time zone, and it, it I would say it felt a little long, but... It wasn't like a bad show. I mean, they did a really good job of like building stuff up for next week, and they did a really good job of like hyping up NXT. Like they're going all out for NXT, oh, yeah. like tomorrow. Now, I will say, watching on the USA Network website, I didn't see a lot of NXT commercials because they would run their own commercials on the app and the website or whatever. So then, when they would end those right before they come back from commercial, I'd see the very end of the NXT commercial. I just hear on NXT. And then it'd go back into Raw. So I saw that they were running a lot of NXT commercials, but myself watching on the USA Network website, I didn't see any of them except for like two. So that's an interesting one that they hyped it up a lot with a bunch of commercials, but I don't know how many people watch on the app and the website, but we didn't see any of them because all we kept getting were E and Bravo commercials for the most part. Oh, go watch this new House of Villains show. Oh, go watch Housewives, The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So, yeah. But tomorrow's going to be wild because not only is there NXT, but there's also AEW Dynamite. Not only did NXT announce, hey, the first 30 minutes of this show is going to be commercial-free. Then Tony Khan went out and said the first 30 minutes of this show is going to be commercial-free. Then Tony Khan went out, excuse me, and said, also, we're doing a pre-show. We've got a buy-in. It's Eddie Kingston versus Minoru Suzuki. Free and live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. No, Twitter and Facebook. So it's like, I'm going to wake up in the morning, and this there's going to be like two pay-per-views announced for tomorrow night, basically. Like, what the hell? These two companies. And someone literally goes, because I'm like, NXT's trying everything they can to win. They're trying to beat AEW. And someone had the nerve to comment to me and go, well, you know, there's baseball and hockey tomorrow, so they're not just trying to beat AEW. I'm like, okay, well, if that was the case, then they wouldn't throw every big name on the show at once. If they were trying to not lose as bad to hockey and postseason baseball, then they would spread out Cody and Cena and Taker over multiple weeks and not throw them all on one show. No, this is all to try and beat AEW head-to-head for WWE. Like, don't try to tell yourself different. WWE is not loading up this show because they got a wild card baseball game in the start of the hockey season in NBA. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I don't care about any of that other stuff other than looking good against AEW head-to-head. Why? Because AEW beat them last year. AEW won last year when they went head-to-head for Title Tuesday. But here's the thing. A week later, nobody remembered any of that. No one remembered what was on either show, so does it really matter? No. In, in the short-term game... Whoever wins can brag for a couple of days, sure. But, yeah, Tony Khan's doing a goddamn pre-show tomorrow before, I guess, it works because they don't have dark and dark elevation tapings before Dynamite anymore, so what else are you going to do? But we'll figure all that out, see how that all goes. Again, I'm expecting a bunch more stuff to be announced. Maybe not a bunch, but at least one or two more things from each company. What are your thoughts on this head-to-head NXT versus AEW battle tomorrow? I will say, like, WWE has always done, like, really well as far as, like, in the NXT ratings when they, whenever they had, like, main roster guys on NXT. Yep. Like, like even, like, when AEW first started, when AEW was literally crushing NXT in the ratings, 
like they had they had like survivor series with like nxt involved Mm -hmm. and they had that episode where like all these main roster guys were on nxt right and and they beat aw so that'd be interesting it's gonna be interesting which show gets like the most ratings tomorrow but i I, will see i know people are gonna say that i'm biased and that i like wwe better but i think nxt wins with john cena Cody Rhodes, The Undertaker, Asuka. I know these two aren't going to make a big difference, but Butch and Ridge Holland. We've got them in a street fight. Like, Paul Heyman's going to be on the show. I think WWE's going to win. Even if it's not by much, I think WWE, in the overall number, I think is going to win. I don't know about like the 18 to 49 demo or the 18 to 34. I don't know about the demos, but I think WWE gets a higher overall number. I think that's what we're going to see. Because I think NXT already does a better over 50 rating than AEW anyways, so WWE's got them there. It's going to be really close because also people are going to be really interested to see how Adam Copeland's first match in AEW goes. True. As well. But apparently, if you look at the ratings, he didn't really help much on both Dynamite or Collision. So is the interest really there for Adam Copeland? With AEW fans? I think people are interested in like the him and Christian stuff. I think that's the only thing that they're interested well, but in. That's what they've been doing on the whole the Dynamite and Collision stuff is him and Christian. And if you but look at their, their promo, their promo that they did in like Adam Copeland's first like like Dynamite. Right. That was amazing. Oh, like, yeah. That was amazing. Go F yourself. But it's like if you look at the ratings numbers. And, like, the breakdowns that Meltzer had in the Observer and stuff, Adam Copeland actually didn't make a difference. They got about what they were. They were less than they normally do because there was a scheduling issue and a a TV guide issue with TBS. But if you take that away and add the, I think it's like 11% that got hurt, Copeland would have done the exact same. With Adam Copeland, they would have done just about the exact same number Rampage normal or Dynamite normally does. So... I don't know. We'll we'll have to give it some time and see if the interest rises because it's not it's not super there right yet. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. The interest of Adam Copeland in AEW is not there fully yet, but it could get there. But with that, I want to say thank you guys for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, App Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe with a tiered subscription. Or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games. And you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember that it doesn't have to be your Amazon Prime account. It can be anybody's Amazon Prime account, like your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle, anybody. You take that Amazon Prime, you take that Twitch Prime, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom, you're Prime Gaming. Also remember, head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming the free games are getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUnlimited, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Right now, the free game is Godlike Burger, which is actually kind of fun. I've played it a couple of times, and I really enjoyed it. And it's free right now in the Epic Game Store, so go claim it. It doesn't cost you anything, and put this code in PWUNLIMITED at checkout. You're supporting us. You're not paying anything because you're claiming the free game. Heck, you want to claim another free game? Disney Speedstorm. Go claim it on the Epic Game Store and then put in this code when you do. It is better than Mario Kart. It is better than Crash Team Racing. It is the Disney kart racing game made by Gameloft. That is awesome. But with that, as far as Monday Night Raw does go... 
Raw itself kicked off with the World Heavyweight Champion, Seth Rollins. Rollins came out and said that he gave, he gave the fight of his life at Fastlane. And there were times when he thought he couldn't get up, but he did. After the match, he went to the back and settled in. Uh, settled in that his back is still broken. He didn't feel any better. Well, of course you're not going to feel any better. He said his tone, became, uh, his tone then became serious and said that it was an honor to be your world heavyweight champion and have this career. The fans started thinking that Seth was going to retire or at least drop the world title and take some time off. They start chanting, you still got it, and thank you, Seth. Seth then faked them all out and goes, and I'm here to stay as your world champion. Rollins said that he's going to fight, fight as much as he has to. But he asked the crowd one for, for one favor, to not have him have to fight tonight. Give him one night off. And the crowd booed because they wanted to see Seth in a fight tonight. Seth was like, hey, hey, hey I, I'm not going to wrestle tonight, but you can sing my song. And I'm like, if Seth wanted to be a big asshole dick, well, he did it right there. Sing my song, I'm not going to wrestle for you. That then led to Drew McIntyre interrupting, though. After Seth said that he's ready to have a party here. So Seth, uh, Drew came down and Seth said, you're not having a party, are, are you? And Drew's like, yeah, no. Um, Rollins then said, you want a world heavyweight title shot, don't you? Drew, Drew uh, nodded. Rollins said that he wanted just one night of freedom, one night where he didn't have to fight. But then he would give Drew whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. Drew told him that the party was still on, and he wasn't going to attack Rollins from behind. He wants to actually fight him at his best. He then challenged Rollins, and Rollins said, we can do this match at Crown Jewel. Rollins was a little confused that, Seth, or that Drew was not like everybody else just attacking him whenever, jumping him from behind. Rollins then pulled the fans and applauded the idea. Where he said, yeah, I'll accept your challenge for Crown Jewel, you and me, World Heavyweight Championship. Rollins then invited McIntyre to stay. He said, hey, you've been in a band before. You know how to party. You can sing a little bit. Let's, let's have some fun. And Drew's like, yeah, no, nope. uh, respectfully decline. McIntyre said he has business to take care of, but if anyone saw him around town after the show... He can go get a beer or even a shot. After McIntyre left the ring, all of a sudden Seth had to fight because Seth was attacked by Damian Priest. This was weird. Why did, I mean, I kind of get it, but why did Dom have to come down with the briefcase and not Damian have it in his hand or with him on that side of the ring? Yeah, I didn't get that at all. Like, unless, uh, unless Rhea took it away from him, and then he had Dom go retrieve it for him while he was attacking Seth. I don't the know. The only thing that makes sense to me, and it really doesn't make sense to me, is he wanted his hands free to attack Seth and didn't want to be holding the briefcase. Well, hey, buddy, why not just use the briefcase and attack Seth from behind? You know what I mean? So this kind of didn't make sense. So Damien attacks Seth from behind. Seth's down. He wants to cash in. Dominic's got the briefcase and a referee. Drew grabs the briefcase and goes, uh-uh, this ain't happening. So he throws the briefcase literally into the, the on like into the big screen. It hits the screen. And it cash in doesn't happen. Now, is this Drew saying that I really want to take the title from Seth? Or, oh, Seth's not at 100%, so I need to keep that guy the champion because if Damian gets the belt, he's not as hurt. So is it he's more afraid to face Damian for the title than Seth? Or he just really wants to fight Seth? I'm not sure at this point. I, yeah. I really don't. It didn't really make fully sense, like a the full, it didn't fully make sense to me. So you're going to stop uh, the cash? Bang, Go for it. Uh, Bang said because Rio was keeping it from Damien from cashing it and, and must have gave, gave it to Dom. You don't think that after Fastlane he got that back before traveling? You don't think he got it back from Rhea? I think he did. I don't know. Just so weird. It was, it was kind of a weird way to end the segment. Where it's like he's going to attack Seth. He wants to cash in, but he doesn't have his briefcase. Huh? 
whatever. It's, it's whatever. Go for it. My biggest question is who's actually going to be next in line for Seth? I hope it's not Drew because I I kind of want to wait for him, no. him to face Drew at Mania. No, no, no. It's it's announced. It's official. Drew and Seth at Crown Jewel in Saudi. It's official. They showed the graphic. Uh, it's official. Does Drew actually win though? No. This match was actually at one point slant, uh, slated for last year's WrestleMania. WrestleMania 39. At one point yeah, it was discussed. I, well, yeah, because like originally like Seth was supposed to like win that world title before Mania, and like yeah. Seth was gonna set to defend, and maybe Drew was like gonna win, maybe. Mm-hmm. But so moving forward, they plug you, go for it. What, what's up? So like let's say Drew ooh, I got it. So let's okay, say good. Drew loses at Crown Jewel <clears throat> and then and then he like goes on to win the rumble and says, you know what, I lost the set at Crown Jewel, so I want to rematch at Mania. I can see that. You don't think Cody so, wins the Rumble? He won it last year, and I don't think he would really I don't think it really makes sense for this one. I feel like if someone's going to win the Rumble, they should face Seth this but, time. But how do you get back to Cody and Roman? Let's say, like, Roman's like, all right, Cody, you want to face me again? You got to go through, like, Solo and Jimmy. I don't know if I like that because it's like, how do you, Cody's on Raw. How do you get him over to SmackDown is the big question. Now, granted, no one's moved over from the Jey Uso acquisition, so I still think that could be Cody. He, yeah, he moves over to SmackDown from that Jey Uso accusation. He then has to face Solo and Jimmy and has to, like, enter the Elimination Chamber, like, number one in, in the winner of that match faces Roman. Not a bad idea. It's the only logical one that right. makes sense to me. That's, like, not... <clears throat> that's not having him, like, win the Rumble. So they then plug Becky Lynch's book is now up for pre-order. It is actually... Number one right now in celebrity biography books. Then we have Viking Rules. Kofi Kingston against Ivar in an 11 and a half minute match with no front of the boat. How are you going to do Viking Rules with no front of the boat? Also, I can hear myself on your end again. I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Um... Nope, it stopped already. Whatever you're doing when you grab the cord is stopping it. I think it's the audio on my headset. Maybe. I think if I turn it up all the way, it'll, you can hear it. Probably. So we have a Viking rules match with no Viking boat, which was kind of a disappointment because I was looking for someone to get thrown into it or crash into it, but whatever. Uh, they changed the voiceover opening on the New Day's theme. It used to be Big E. Now it's not anymore. At least it didn't sound like Big E to me. So after the break, this is not much really happened in the first three or four minutes of this match. But after the break, Kingston used the flagpole as they were on the top rope to try and do like a Russian leg sweep. Kingston then hit an SOS and got a two off of it. Ivar then hit a spinning slam for a two and a sit-out powerbomb for yet another two. With Ivar sitting on the top rope, Kingston yanked him off by his beer and threw him through a table to the ringside area below. Huge reaction from the crowd when Ivar took a flip bump off the top rope through a table down below. Like, this was, he crashed right through that table so hard. Like, oh my God. They say table bumps aren't as bad as a regular bump because the table breaks your fall. He crashed so hard through this table that I don't know if it broke his fall. Like, it was hard. Valhalla then all of a sudden ran in through the crowd, leapt off the announce table, and knocked down Kofi. This led to Xavier Woods running out, tried to stop her. He got scared of her. And then he was also taken out by Ivar. Ivar squished him into the barricade. Kingston then tried to go for a uh, trouble in paradise, but Ivar caught him and gave him a power slam through the corner table. A corner table. Ivar then followed this up with his moonsault. Give me one second. Bang this guy in the chat. He um, went for his moonsault and then pinned Kofi one, two, three in the middle of the ring. Well, there we go. Ivar defeats Kofi, and then we got Wade Barrett again. A man of that size, Cole, should not be able to do that kind of a move. So there we go. 
What do you think of the match? Also, Wayne's question here. Don't know why Samantha Irvin was not doing the announcing and it was Mike Rome. No clue. What do you think of the match? With no boat. I mean, the match was match was decent. It was better than what I expected. Like, going into the match, I had very low ex- expectations for it. I mean, I knew it was going to be at least pretty good because their last match that was just a singles match was really good. But I thought this was a great showing for Ivar again. And Ivar showing why, you know, I know him and Eric are a great tag team, but maybe they do some, some stuff with Ivar by himself. That's not just the new day every week. We go backstage. Byron Saxon says, and now my guest, Shinsuke Nakamura. Byron asked Shinsuke to comment on his performance at Fastlane. Shinsuke didn't answer. And then Ricochet just runs in and attacks. Why? Tell me why. As I have no clue. Why did Ricochet attack Shinsuke? Do you know? Because I don't get it. I thought their stuff was already dealed, dealt with. I, I, I don't know, really. This was kind of weird because it's like they already had their singles match when they had their little squabble backstage. And then and Shinsuke won. Ricochet mad that Shinsuke keeps beating him? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, since Saturday, yes, we retweeted the glorious bomb on Twitter from DIY. It was glorious. Honestly, not the same without Robert Reed, though. He was in the video. Did you not see it at the end of the video? They knocked uh, on the door. Michael Hayes came out. They were like, no. They closed the door. Robert Rude then came out, and he gave them like the big old smile when they were playing Glorious. Oh, I didn't see that part. Yeah. You gotta watch the whole thing. Hang, Hang on. Let me, let me look <laughs> back at it. Yeah, it, it was funny. It was great. I want more. I want more. But this just didn't make sense to me because it's like, I thought we already ended this weeks ago. But obviously it's not done. And then they had a match later on. Well, no, they're having a match next week. Shinsuke, Shinsuke rightfully attacked Ricochet because Ricochet attacked him first. So, yeah. But after commercial break. They're really... They're it. really struggling on like finding something for Ricochet, in my opinion. A little bit. Because like after the, the stuff with Logan Paul, it's like, all right, what do we do with this guy now? So after the break, we were granted with a shot of Damian Priest holding up JD McDonough on a wall by his throat, pissed off. Uh, Finn and Rhea then ran in to save JD, but they were also pissed at JD. McDonough was about to, be, to plead his case, but Balor told him, no, you need to shut up. Balor said that McDonough has caused a lot of trouble this past week. And he's had enough of him. Priestland said, where Balor, uh, wondered where Balor and Ripley were. Why weren't they there to help him against Drew and Seth and whatever happened earlier? And they were like, hey, don't worry. We were talking to Adam Pierce, And guess what? Getting a tag title shot next week. Priest was cool with that, but still said, I need to go deal with Drew McIntyre. And Rhea's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. JD will. Ripley um, told him to go take care of Drew, and Finn even said the same thing. You want to be part of this group? You need to prove yourself by taking care of the Drew McIntyre problem. Ripley then got in his face and told him, go deal with Drew McIntyre. Looks like, oh, we all know it was going to happen. Priest was then like, yeah, and I hope he kind of beats you up so afterwards I can snap you in half. So, we got that match later. That was a match. Just like this next match that was a match that ended in disqualification. But before we get into that, did you have anything to say on the Judgment Day segment here? I'm honestly really curious to see, like, like when, like, Damian Priest and, like, everyone else is officially going to be satisfied with J.D. McDonough. I mean, this is, like, very similar to, like, the Sami Zayn Bloodline stuff last year. A little bit. Like, Jey Uso, like, still wasn't on board with Sammy and the Bloodline. Then there was, like, after War Games, Jey was finally satisfied. Right. I feel like this is eventually going to lead to War Games. I think Judgment Day would probably pick up the victory, and then everyone is satisfied with J.D. McDonough. Mm -hmm. Let me move on to the seven-minute match that ended in the DQ. It was Nia Jax versus Raquel Rodriguez. 
Jax went to the middle rope for her Anaya her later. But Rodriguez slipped under and hit a powerbomb and popped the crowd. Ripley then ran down and chucked Rodriguez out of the ring for the disqualification. Like seven minutes of nothing. Literally, this match went for seven minutes and I have no notes because I felt like nothing happened. Ripley was there for Jax and attacked her as the crowd cheered. Rodriguez then went after Ripley, but Ripley dropped her with the headbutt. Shayna Baszler then ran out and attacked Nia. Baszler and Rhea got face-to-face, and after Ripley turned her back, Baszler gave her a German suplex and a knee strike. Jackson backed away up the ramp as Baszler stood tall. And this did lead to later Rhea asking for a match with Shayna next week. Any thoughts? I mean, not really. I mean, is it going to be Nia versus Rhea in Saudi? Good chance. Very good chance. That's what I would think. Or, or unless they did like a fatal four-way match. I can see that. I didn't think about that, but I can see that. I think it really depends on who wins next week, which is probably going to be Rhea over Shayna. Because they, yeah, they make Shayna look good tonight, and then Rhea beats her next week. But if that's the case, then no, no four-way. And the only way it would be a four-way is if Nia comes out and causes a disqualification. Right. And then, and then that'll set up a fatal four-way. Yeah. But I think at the end, it'll be Nia versus Rhea. Same, same here. So Rollins confronted McIntyre in the back. Rollins wondered what kind of games he was playing. Because McIntyre ignored Priest's attack, but stopped the money in the bank cash-in. McIntyre said that he wasn't playing any games. He already said what he wants, and he's getting what he wants, and he's not getting involved in anybody else's business. You got attacked, and why should I have to make that save? The Judgment Day is trying to cash in, and I just stopped him from cashing in. He compared it to the Bloodline, holding the Universal title for three years, and didn't want to see a sequel of that on Monday Night Raw. Rollins then told McIntyre they didn't have to worry about the Judgment Day. They couldn't take the title from him even if they wanted to, and neither can Drew. Drew kind of like smirked at that line. So yeah, we're getting it. It's official. It's happening in Saudi Arabia. Drew, Seth, World Heavyweight Championship. It should be a good match. Don't get oh, yeah. me wrong. For sure. So Jackie I mean, Red- Drew's, Drew's probably not going to win the belt, but like I said earlier, I think I think maybe this could be like the first step of like maybe possibly Drew versus uh, Seth at at WrestleMania. Yeah. Jackie Redman interviewed Shayna Baszler. Baszler said that she was the baddest woman in the ring, no matter who else was standing in there with her. No one would sneak attack her and get away with it. Well, she didn't have to worry about a sneak attack. Her and Rhea, it's one-on-one official next week. <laughs> so Michael Cole's in the ring, and he introduces us to the brand new WWE Undisputed Tag Team Champions, Jey Uso. And Cody Rhodes. I thought Cody missed the mark here. The first thing that should have happened before Michael Cole asked any questions, Cody should have looked at Jay, looked at the crowd, and just went, yeet. Like, Jay got a yeet in early, but it would have been so much funnier if Cody did. Dude, that press conference at Fastlane was absolutely hilarious. Oh, they, it, it, it's so, it was such a moment. WWE, like, clipped it, and put it up as its own 15-minute video on their YouTube channel. Like, it was so funny. One of my favorite parts was, like, Jay was going, like, you feel me? You feel me? And Cody's like, do you feel him, sir? Yeah. Do you feel him, sir? That's so funny. Does your 20-year-old self feel me? Anyways. And the other part was, like, Jay going, like, Oh, I bet everyone lost a lot of money oh, tonight on this match. Yeah. When he said, I bet a lot of money, a lot of people lost some money thinking Judgment Day will walk out with these titles. He must have saw them betting odds. But Michael Cole asked the question. Cole asked Rhodes about his original goal of, quote, finishing the story and asked if he was now content being a champion, a tag team champion. Cole wondered if Rhodes didn't want to take another shot at the world or the WWE championship because maybe after failing the first time, he was uncertain he can do it this time. And maybe he can't beat Roman. Rhodes said that he was excited 
as everyone else, to be one half of the Undisputed Tag Team Champions. Cole repeated his question, and Cody did not answer. Cole even said, you got this close, just like your dad. And before Cody could answer, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens would come down to the ring. Brandy would then send out a tweet, basically saying, hey, Michael Cole, are you looking to get punched in the mouth with these questions? So Sammy comes out, we hear, oh, oh, let's go. I'm like, what are they back to this music for? Sammy didn't even know. Because Sammy gets in the ring and goes, well, I haven't heard that music in a while. Yeah, I think there was like a technical issue with that one. I don't know what happened. They clicked the wrong Sammy Zayn button. Yeah, and like later on, they played his original theme song. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it was a technical issue, but yeah. oh well. I just love Sammy going, oh, I haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah, when he's like walking down, he's like all confused, like, right. huh? So, Zane and Jay. Zay said that uh, Jay and Jimmy were the longest reigning tag team champions in history until, well, he and Kevin defeated them at WrestleMania in the main event. That Judgment Day were red hot. Can't give them or can't take that credit away from them. But they were defeated by Jay and Cody. He said that should be the story. The story should be should be completed. Zane says that he was happy for both of them. However, Zane has mixed emotions. He's happy for them, but he also wants to fight them and take the titles from them. Kevin then goes, "Hey, you know what? I'm just gonna say it. I'm not. I don't have any mixed emotions. I just want to fight you for those titles." But I know if I ask for the match, you're just going to say no. He said, uh, I don't have mixed emotions. I'm not happy to see you guys with my belts. Basically is what he said. And Cody was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You think we're not going to accept? Heck, hey, you want the match? Let's do it. Tonight we accept. And so, Rhodes, at what point? Like, Go for it. I kind of like Kevin Owens' like, like behavior where he's like, Fine, just just give us the match. I don't yeah. care. Like it, like Sami Zayn's trying to be like peacemaker, and Kevin Owens just having that attitude where he doesn't give a crap. Just give us what I want, or like, or he'll be like, "Fine, we'll do the match. I don't yeah. care." Yeah, because Owens was like, "He's like, I know you guys aren't going to say yes because Jay ain't going to want to get beat by me twice for tag titles." But Cody said, uh, "Quote: We're all friends here. At least I think we are." And that's when he accepted the match. Zayn shook their hands, and Kevin walked away. So overall, not a bad segment. It wasn't great or anything, but it was effective and set up our main event. And we all knew that at, in the end, like Jay and Cody were weren't going to drop the belts oh, yeah. tonight. But I'm really curious to see how long they hold the belts. Honestly, do they lose them at like? Crown Jewel or Royal Rumble? Do they lose them next week to Judgment Day? I doubt it. I mean, I, I feel like that'd be too early. Same. Agree. Then we got a funny segment. Otis was helping Chad Gable get ready for his triple threat number one contenders match by chopping him in the chest. So That was, that was very creative, honestly. Yeah. Gable's getting chopped in the chest by Otis. And Gable said he needed to be ready for Gunther. Bronson Reed would then come up, all kinds of amused, and suggested Gable tell his daughters not to watch what's going to happen tonight because there's going to be another heartbreaking loss for their dad. They kind of just like played that off a little bit, and then Gable told Otis, give me another chop. And he would chop him, and he'd go, thank you, can I have another? Thank you, can I have another? And they took one more at the end. I liked it. It was funny. It was creative. It was a good way to get five minutes off the show. Or whatever. Right. So as we move on forward. Mm. Oh, here we go. Uh, Ricochet was coming out for the triple threat match we just talked about. It was Ricochet, Bronson Reed, and Chad Gable when he was attacked by Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura grabbed Ricochet after attacking him from behind and gave him a GTS go-to-sleep Set it for the Kinsasha, but then was stopped by officials. Also, he gave him the weakest looking GTS I've ever seen. He literally put him on his shoulders 
and then kind of just like sat him down and Ricochet fell down on his knee. Nakamura didn't even try for this uh, go to sleep. It was weird. It was really weird. Yeah, it was a little pathetic. I don't know if he was just not wanting to try because he was mad about something else or he was not wanting to try because that's the, the character. I'm going to beat you up without any effort. I don't know. I really don't know. But this is the, the weakest-looking GTS I've ever seen. So after the break, Ricochet sold the attack in the ring while waiting for his opponents. Wade Barrett said his, his condition was his own fault after what he did earlier tonight to Nakamura. Which Wade's not wrong there at all. This then leads to a triple threat match that went nine and a half minutes. Early on, Gable suplexed Ricochet onto Reed outside of the ring. After a break, Reed hoisted up both men and dropped them with a Samoan drop. Ricochet then gave Gable a springboard crossbody and a standing shooting star press for a two. Ricochet then superplexed Reed and gave Gable a, and Reed, or and then Gable gave Reed an impressive German suplex. Gable put Ricochet in an ankle lock, but Ricochet did slip out and hit a knee strike. Gable tried to release German suplex off the top, but Ricochet landed on his feet. Ricochet landed awkwardly, so Gable hit a Chaos Theory suplex. Reed then grabbed Ricochet and dropped him on Gable. Reed then hit both men with the Senton, the Tsunami, or the Senton, then gave Ricochet a Tsunami and pinned him to pick up the victory. I actually really liked this match. I thought all three men worked really well together. Bronson Reed will now challenge Gunther next week for the Intercontinental Championship. Oh yeah, I think it was. I think it was about time that Bronson Reed was going to challenge for the IC title. Right, and this match should be fan freaking tastic. Mm-hmm. Becky Redman interviewed Becky Lynch. She admitted, "I'm still not 100, percent and I had 11 stitches, and she has 11 stitches in her arm." She said. When you're a fighting champion and you were doing, she said, when you're a fighting champion and you were doing it right, you were never 100%, to be honest. She plugged her book before saying that she would give Tegan everything she's got. Zia Lee then walks up and was like, after tonight, I want a shot. I want the next one. And I'm like, what the hell have you done to earn this? Also, Lyra's the next one in line for Halloween Havoc. So, yeah, get, get to the back of the line and earn it, Zia Lee. When the hell was the last time we saw Zia Lee? And don't tell me main event because I don't watch main event. Main event is basically AEW Dark and Dark Elevation. When was the last time we saw Zia Lee on television? Not going to lie, I totally forgot about Zia Lee. I'm going to look this up right now. When was Zia Lee's last televised match? March 24th, 2023. Her and Lacey Evans lost a tag team match against Natalia and Shotzi to qualify for the women's tag team showcase match at WrestleMania. That was the last time we saw um, Zaylia on Raw or SmackDown. Before that, it was January 13th. And she lost a match in two and a half minutes to Tegan Knox on SmackDown. We've literally never seen Zia Lee on Raw in 2023. She had a Money in the Bank qualifier last year on Raw. But this year, we haven't seen her at all on Monday Night Raw. So who's going to care about this? No one. I don't. I mean, like I totally forgot about Zia Lee. I, I forgot she was even on the roster. Only reason I know Zia Lee is still around because I always see like different wrestling websites go, here's the results from main event, and Zia Lee's usually in the thumbnail. So it's like, oh. She's been working main event consistent over the last three or four weeks. So losing every single time. She lost one match to Indy Hartwell last week. She lost to Nikki Cross before that. She lost to Tegan Knox before that. Back in July, she lost to Dana Brooke. Back in July, she lost to Natalia. Then before that, she lost to Dana Brooke. And before that, she lost to Candice LeRae. All on main event. Zia hasn't won a televised match. Zia hasn't won a match in WWE. I'm a year back. 
I'm two years Mark back. 2021. Well, I'm scrolling. I'm still scrolling. Um, she won a dark match against Aaliyah on April first, twenty twenty-two, at a SmackDown taping the night before WrestleMania twenty twenty-two. Ish. Yeah. And she wants to go for the NXT Women's Title. Who cares? Not this guy. Not that guy over there either. It's probably just going to be her trying to get a shot, but then, like, management's going to be like, you haven't won a match in years. No. Get, get in the back of the line. They're going to do the stupid AEW open challenge thing, probably, and just give her a shot, which is really going to suck. What well, didn't suck, Drew McIntyre, J.D. McDonough, Dominic at ringside. McIntyre no-sold a few chops from JD before launching him high in the air with the back body drop. Wade called this the biggest, highest back body drop he's ever seen. I think we've seen a better one from, I um, can't remember who gave it to him, but it was Brian Kendrick when he was spanky. Got thrown super high up with the back body drop once. So a distraction by Dom allowed McDonough to chop block McIntyre and try to work over the knee. McIntyre took him down a couple more times as Dom again distracted the referee. And so, no, McDonough distracted the referee and Dom posted Drew. Dom tried to interfere again, so McIntyre shoved him into the announce table. Colvin said, quote, we just got the monitors working again. Now they don't work again. McIntyre then gave McDonough a future shock DDT, hit him with a Claymore, and pinned him in a four-minute match. I liked it. I thought it was effective. It's a good showcase match for Drew, showing, hey, I got two guys against me, and I could beat both of them. Just think what I'm going to do against Seth. I liked it. I did, too. I really did. Uh, Priest was shown watching in the back, very displeased. Ripley then told him that she had an idea. She had an idea. Here's my question. She didn't tell us what that idea was, but she told Drew. Because as we saw later... She was talking to Drew backstage in the back. We know Triple H is back in charge because he's doing the, hey, watch the background for people talking. But the weird thing was her and Drew looked to be having a cordial conversation. So I don't know what that's all about. I don't know what that's all about. They then sent it to Wade Barrett. They said you had a pretty intense interview earlier with Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Uh, Champa said that DIY has always been bigger than them. DIY was created by the fans. They became the first tag team to main event a takeover in NXT history. Gargano thought everything happened for a reason. And this was finally their moment. He said he saw what was happening to Champa last week and knew he had to make the save. Then they were interrupted when they were brutally attacked by Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser. They laid both men out and there we go. Now we see this, and it's like, okay, Imperium attacks Ludwig, Giovanni. But then why did we get like a Ludwig Kaiser singles run package later? Like they're gonna re like they're gonna push this guy on his own outside of Imperium or something. That was kind of weird. Good video package, but it was kind of weird. The idea of Ludwig's going on his own. Oh, but he's still working with Imperium. I don't know. I didn't get it. I mean, I will say they've been doing, like, quite a few, like, singles matches with Ludwig. Right, but I, it's... I don't know if you noticed that. True, but. but it's all with, like, oh, we're trying to soften up the next challenger for Gunther. It's still all Imperium stuff, though. It's not he's doing things himself. It's still all Imperium storyline and Imperium's dirty work. Maybe it might be, like, their way of saying, like... Like, I know this guy lost a lot of singles matches, but maybe they're doing this, like, hype video to make him, like, more serious. Right. When he, whenever he's doing more singles matches against, True. like, Gunther's, like, new opponents for the title. We got a Tegan Knox hype video. She talked about how she was never supposed to make it in WWE and make it to the main roster. Because the day, like, days after she signed her WWE contract, she tore her ACL. One year later... She tore it again. She said she was lucky to even be here, and she's never going to stop fighting. She was here to win. She was then uh, interviewed in the back by Jackie Redman. 
She said that Lynch would be fighting the best version of her. And this is no longer about the title. It's about showing what she can do. Natalia then shows up. I don't know what's going on with Natty. Natty's just all of a sudden changed her character. And she's misencouragement. Natty was like, I know you're going to go out there and do great. I know you're going to put on a great show against Becky. What the hell? Can Natty not work right now and they're just doing this because she's out? I have no clue. This has been weird. They've been doing stuff with Natty to like hype up and be the hype man or woman, hype woman for Tegan. But they're not, it's a little confusing. Yeah, I don't. They've been doing like so much different stuff with Natty for like the past year. It's, it's honestly kind of confusing. She's the new big show. Every three weeks, she's changing from heel to baby face. One week she's a baby, one week she's a heel. One week she's a baby, two weeks later she's a heel. Three weeks later she's a baby, two weeks later she's a heel. What the hell? She's the new Paul White Big Show. Basically. Ricochet was in the back, walking around, yelling for Nakamura, when Pierce was finally like, hey, calm your tits, you ain't getting them tonight. He's like, Nakamura's already been escorted out of the building. But I've got good news for you. Next week you can have Nakamura in a Falls Count Anywhere match. And Ricochet was satisfied. This is also when we saw Rhea and Drew talking in the back. Again, something that Triple H did a lot when he first took over creative last year. So Triple H back in control, got that 99% control, and he's doing his, hey, watch for things in the background again. I like it. I like it. What do you think they were talking about? Because I have no clue. It wasn't like Rhea was talking to him in like a stern manner. It didn't seem like, like Drew was just sitting on a box with his leg up like, what up? Yep. Uh-huh. You know? So it was like a cordial conversation. I'm just not sure what it was. Because remember, Rhea said, like, I'll take care of everything or whatever when JD lost. Maybe. Maybe it's like Rhea trying to like do like a like a business agreement with Drew, kind of like how they're doing with like Paul Heyman. But what would it be? Soften up? Well, no, because that wouldn't even make sense. Because I was thinking she says soften up Seth so Damien can cash in. But then if he softens up Seth, that means he's not beating Seth. I don't know. It's really weird. Then we had a 14 and a half. Go for it. Maybe, maybe it's like, hey, like, I'll make you a deal. If you, like, get Seth hurt enough to where Damien, Damien, like, can cash in, successfully win the belt, you could be first in line. I could see that. And stuff. And then maybe, like, Drew, like, says no, and that could lead to, like, Judgment Day feuding with Drew. Drew, like, before, like, Mania. Right. Then we had a 14-minute match, the NXT title, women's title on the line, Becky Lynch against Tegan Knox. You didn't notice. Becky wore a glove that was like a long sleeve, basically to cover up her stitches. She wears stuff like this often with her gear, like the longer sleeved gear, but she wore it on the one arm this time to cover up the stitches. Lynch early on missed a dive off the apron and collided with the barricade. Knox followed this up with a cannonball off the apron, threw her back in the ring and got a two off of it. After a break, Lynch fired back up with some strikes and an exploder for a two. Knox came back with a flying crossbody for a two. Knox was surprised she didn't win with this move, and then tried the Shining Wizard, but Lynch ducked and went for an armbar. Knox blocked it and drove Lynch into the turnbuckle. Knox dropped Lynch off the top and hit another cannonball. Knox applied an armbar to the injured arm of Lynch, but Lynch escaped and responded with kicks and a missile dropkick for a two. Knox then caught Lynch off the ropes, hit her with a follow-up slam, and, pin- and covered her for a two. Knox then tried a crucifix pin, only got a two off of it. Lynch kicked out and applied to disarm her. Eventually, Tegan Knox did tap out. Becky Lynch retains the title. So, 15-minute match almost. It's like 14 and a half minutes. But, unfortunately, the crowd never really got into it. They were quiet for most of this match, if I heard correctly. Like, I never really heard the crowd get into it. What do you think? I mean, I feel like the re- the whole reason why the crowd really never got into it because they were probably like, well, Tegan's not winning, and so why should we care? Exactly. Honestly, uh, I th- I think there's a good chance Lyra beats Becky at Halloween Havoc. 
True. And I could be wrong about this, but maybe the maybe another reason why maybe the crowd just didn't really get into it because maybe maybe there's also maybe a slight chance that like there's a lot of the live crowd that still doesn't really know Tegan that that well. True. They've only been building her up for what, what three weeks? Because remember, she took like that big like a lot of time off ever mm-hmm. since she joined Raw. So right. so maybe there's still a good chance. Like who's Tegan again? Mm-hmm. Because so Becky was leaving up the ramp, she was looking at the camera and kept saying, buy my book! Hey, go buy my book! Uh, Anna Pierce was with Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell in the back. She's like, hey, Johnny is pretty banged up, but nothing serious. I'm still waiting word on Ciampa. Which is weird that they haven't got word on Ciampa when this is supposed to have happened like in the middle of the day. Before Raw went on the air because Wade conducted the interview. So you think it had to have happened like at least an hour before Raw. So they haven't got a word on Ciampa in three and a half hours or more. Anyways, Rhea walks yeah, in. I don't know. Rhea walks in and just goes, Candice, Indy, out. I need to talk to Pierce. And they're like, excuse me? And Rhea's like, I need to talk to Adam about some stuff. And... Like, Indy was kind of like, oh, you know, talk to me like that. And then Candace was like, um, 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 yeah, Indy, let's just go. Mm-hmm, bye. Like, they're scared of, of Rhea. But it's like, okay, they're scared of Rhea. But why? Rhea barely defends the title. Rhea just walks around with Judgment Day looking scary. What does she really do to be super intimidating to all these women? It's not like she's going out there and beating people's asses every single week to show she's so dominant. Like it's weird. the whole fact that she's the champion and stuff. Like, oh, people are like, oh, she's tough. Let's not mess with her. Right. So, Pierce then goes, all right, what can I do for you again? And she's like, next week, I want Shayna Baszler. Or actually, she said, I need to put this div- my division in line. And he's like, oh, what is that supposed to mean? And she goes, next week, I want Shayna Baszler one-on-one. Make it happen, and then she walked off. Like, Adam Pierce, is he ever going to show any sort of, like, authority? And be like, hey, first off, you don't tell me what to do. You ask for things, and then I make them happen, yes or no. Because with well, Judgment Day... Person and- he, Go for it. The only person he really does that to is Chelsea. Yeah, because, like, with Judgment Day and the Bloodline, he's just like, whatever you want. Mm-hmm, okay, whatever. Yep, yep, yep. Can't make you mad. Like, I don't get it. So Natalia then approached Tegan Knox in the back, started rubbing her leg, and was like, you did great. I know you didn't win, but you you looked good out there. And then Katana Chance and Caden Carter walked up, and they're like, girl, you were so good. Girl, you looked great. Maybe we can go get some drinks and celebrate. And they're like, I'm like, bitch lost. Why are you so, like, What? She lost. I get it. Don't, don't. Also, the, the, the scripting here was very bad. Chelsea Green and Piper Niven walk up. This was basically like Roxanne Perez acting. So Chelsea and Piper walk up. Chelsea mocks her and was like, oh, we having a pity party. And then Green told Natty. Or the Natty, like, got in Green's face and was like, hey, you don't need to be here. What, what are you even doing here? And Natalia was like, what are you going to do? Uh, no. So, like, Natty got in Chelsea's face. And Chelsea, was, like, barked back at Natty. And Natty's like, oh, you want to you wanna go? I'll take you on. <laughs> and Chelsea goes, she looks at T- or Piper and goes, you need help here? You going to get involved? And finally, Piper's just like, oh, yeah. You want to fight Natty? I'll fight you. Natty's like. Challenge accepted. And then Piper goes, next week, season premiere, Monday Night Raw. I'm like, who the hell talks like that? That last part was, like, extremely cringe. It was like, like, they should have just said, all right, next week on, next Monday. Like, why do they have to say next week on the season premiere of Raw? That, That just made it, like, very cringe. Especially, I thought it was funny, though. It almost made Piper look bad, like she was not paying attention or missed her cue. Because Chelsea was like, oh, you want to you wanna come at me, Natty? Well, this is what's going to happen. 
this is what's going to happen. Involved, right? Like, it almost made it seem like Piper wasn't paying attention or something. I don't know. It was weird. It was, the whole thing was weird. And then, like, Piper and Chelsea walk off, and Natty continues to rub Tegan's leg. What? I get console her in loss. But they're hyping her up like she got screwed or something. Like, she should have won. No. She got tapped out. She got tapped out. Yeah, this this was pretty bad. So as far as next week's season premiere of Monday Night Raw, Damian Priest and Finn Balor will be challenging for the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships. Gunter will defend the Intercontinental title against Bronson Reed. Rhea Ripley will take on Shayna Baszler in a non-title match. Ricochet will go one-on-one with Shinsuke Nakamura in a false count anywhere match. And Natalya will go one-on-one with Piper Niven. Then we got a really cool Ludwig Kaiser video. This was cool. And weird at the same time. So Sammy and Kevin were in the ring already. Like Sammy and Kevin came out. We go to commercial. Come back from commercial. We get this video of Ludwig Kaiser. A lot of AI art and stuff, which is really bad and weird. But he called himself like the A plus person or something. I don't know. He basically said he's like art himself. He's perfection. And so we cut back to Sammy and Kevin in the ring. And Sammy looks at Kevin and goes, what the hell was that? Like what was, what was he literally says. What the hell was that? That made me laugh so hard. Oh, yeah. That, also, go for I it. thought that was perfect. Yeah. Also, as you noted earlier, Sammy had his right music the second time they did come out. Yeah, so obviously it, it was probably just uh, someone probably clicked the wrong button for yeah. his theme song. Right. Oh, man, Tony Khan's still going off on Twitter. What's he saying now? So someone responds and says, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to pull this up on the screen because this is actually kind of funny. I'm going to pull this up really fast. Dude, Tony Khan's like, is like number one trending on Twitter right now. Is he? I think he is. Hold on. I know he's getting his feelings hurt. No, number one is the Dodgers. Oh, never mind then. I know he was trending earlier, but he's not anymore. So let's pull this up on the screen. This is actually kind of funny. So Tony Khan tweets out that there's going to be the first 30 minutes of Title Tuesday Dynamite tomorrow, commercial free. He then sends a tweet right after that with a uh, gif that says, okay, you want to be a dick. And then someone goes, we not watching, bucko. He then sends a Roderick Strong video, a GIF that says, who gives a fuck? And he goes, okay, we won't see you tomorrow night on, on Title Tuesday then. Then uh, someone responds to that and says, if Sir Vince McMahon said this, there would be many failed AEW fans crying nonstop at, and furious. Basically, like, if Vince was responding to fans like this in a, as I, I mean, I'm just going to say it, a kind of a unprofessional manner. Tony then responds, pull this right up. If Sir Vince McMahon said that, it would be the least of his al- alleged mis, it would be the least of his alleged misdeeds. What? You gotta be fucking kidding me, Tony Khan. Wow. He literally said, if Sir Vince McMahon said this, it would be the least of his alleged misdeeds. Like, really? Really, Tony? You're supposed to be the guy running this company? The professional boss? No. No, that ain't it. That That's very just, yeah, childish and unprofessional and... Tony Khan showing why he's nothing more than a mark. I said it. Come this at me. This isn't the first time he's done this, though. I know. This is not the first time he's done this. Like, Remember the one he said about, like, Big Swole on Twitter? Yeah. That's like, like... That was bad. This is probably worse. I know I'm going to get them tweets. Oh, you only like WWE? I've gotten them a lot recently. You don't like anything in AEW. You should stop watching. No, I like a lot in AEW. But it's when I mean, the man running the company acts like a child on Twitter. How are we supposed to take anything that they do seri- super serious? 
I mean, there was another like pro wrestler who would like review like both like WWE and AEW, and he's always like pointing out like a lot of AEW mistakes, and people are like, "Oh, you're just nothing but a WWE fan." Like, and he literally responded, "I like all wrestling. Mm -hmm. Like, I just point out mistakes in like both companies and stuff." Like, I mean, we do that as well. Like, we we point out like mistakes in WWE all the time, right? Like. That doesn't make how, us WWE haters. How many times have I said during this review we're doing right now, that didn't make sense to me. That didn't make sense. Why would they even have done that? Exactly. I've criticized like four things already tonight. <laughs> but anyways, so. main event time. I loved this match. It got a little kind of... They did a little too much of the all four men fighting on the outside and the ref can't get in control thing a little too, too much because they did it twice. And, like, the first time, whatever. Second time, a little much. But it was Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso defending the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Rhodes and Zayn started off the match with a normal exchange until they exchanged chops. Zayn was annoyed and shoved Rhodes, so Rhodes shoved him back. Jey and Owens hit the ring, and they argued as they went back and forth about two minutes in. Jey then tagged himself in after a commercial break and circled Zayn until they went at it. Jay got the better of the brief exchange, so Owens tagged himself in. Owens and Jay hammered away at each other until they spilled to the outside. Rhodes tried to get involved, so Zayn stopped him. Then this is when things got a little weird. Rhodes would, like, knock down Sammy. Kevin had Jay on the announce table pounding on him, and Cody would just look over like, Hey, Jay! And then not do anything, and then eventually walk back over to Sammy and kind of, like, do nothing. A little weird, like Cody was lost for a second, which is, I don't know. So they're fighting on the outside. They're aggressively brawling all around the announce table area. Referees yelling to get him back in the ring. Rhodes and Zayn then went at it again as we went to a break. Owens then hit Jay with a senton bomb for a two after the break. Owens and Jay exchanged super kicks. Jay hit consecutive super kicks, but Owens dropped him with a clothesline. Rhodes and Zayn then tagged in, and it was Rhodes doing the babyface hot tag. Rhodes hit a power slam and a Cody cutter for a two. They countered each other and their signature moves until Zayn hit a blue thunder bomb for a two. Zayn hit an exploder into the corner and went for the haluva kick, but Rhodes popped right out of the corner and hit a crossroads. Owens then broke up the cover. Rhodes then set her for a pedigree, but Zayn hit a back body drop, and they both tagged out. Owens and Jay exchanged strikes and didn't initially seem to be on the same page, but then they got it all together. It kind of seemed like someone was lost here. Jaden hit a super kick and got a two off of it. Owens avoided an Uso splash and hit a stunner, but Rhodes broke up the pin. Zayn then wiped out both opponents with a flip dive, and Owens tried another senton bomb, but Jay got his knees up. Jay then hit Owens and Zayn with super kicks. Rhodes laid out Zayn and hit a crossroads. Jay and Cody gave their version of the Cody Cutter 1D, and Jay pinned him to pick up the victory. Michael Cole kept yelling, that's the Cody 1D. That's the Cody 1D. I think the better name for this would have just been the Cody. You know, you're kind of saying Cody, but the, the Cody. That's what you should call it, the Cody. Uh, since I already said <laughs> the 1D Cutter. Nah, you're saying too much there. I will say this, this like combined finish looked pretty cool though. Yeah, no, they did it on the pay-per-view as well and I really liked it. So after the match, Zayn shook hands with Rhodes and Rhodes and Uso. Owens then shook hands with Cody. He hesitated and then embraced Jay with a hug. What did you think of the match? I mean, match was good and I, and I liked the ending of it where they were where like both teams were like showing like sportsmanship and stuff. Right. Cause I think this is eventually just going to lead to them two teaming against like the judgment day at, mm -hmm. uh, at war games. I believe so as well. But then who's there? Who's there? No, you don't need a fourth. There's four and four. Duh. What if, what if it's judgment day and drew McIntyre? Against Cody Rhodes, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Seth Rollins in War Games. You add Drew and Seth, and that's the whole alliance thing here with 
Drew and Judgment Day. I don't know if I want to see that. I mean, Seth and Drew, I mean, Drew's worked war games before and he was yeah. good. And I think Seth would be great in war games, but I don't know if I really want to see Drew team with like the Judgment Day, though. Well, I mean, yes, it would be teaming, but it's not like he's their friend. It's just a hey, common enemies, common foes. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, but it would be a good match, but I don't know if that's something Drew would like necessarily want. Maybe if it if it could lead to him getting if so he loses to Seth, say at Crown Jewel. If that can lead to him getting another shot, maybe maybe he pins Seth in War Games to pick up the win. And then that leads to him getting another shot at Seth in the world title. Going, I pinned you in war games. Give me another shot. I can see that. But with that, that is everything that did take place tonight on Monday Night Raw. You know what we thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's show. As far as the polls do go, let's refresh all of those. Looking at the Twitch poll, 80% liked the show, 20% did not like it. No, 20% thought it was just all right. Looking over here at the Twitter poll, the X poll, 77% liked the show, 16% thought it was just all right, and 5% didn't like it. Over on the YouTube community poll, 77% liked the show, 17% thought it was just all right, and 6% didn't like it. Uh, this person here comments, after hearing the news earlier today, I was curious to see how the show would go. Today was very good, 8 out of 10. Um, this person says, I don't have kids. Oh. This person is just saying that I didn't watch it. This one says 10 out of 10. This person says, this was a great watch tonight. Show with end of Kevin made up with main event Jey Uso. And looking at the YouTube live poll. 82% liked the show, 14% thought it was just all right, and a 5% didn't like it. So with that, guys, I do want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter, X at Petkin underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petke. With that guy speaking of Twitch, I'm going to try and go live in a little bit. Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy. I want to try a little bit of the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare um, beta on PlayStation. But then I want to get into some Jackbox. We did a nice Jackbox stream last night that was really fun. And I want to do more of that. So if you guys want to come play some Jackbox, go over and follow Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy. And that way you get a notification when I do go live within the next hour or so. With that, guys, have a great rest of your night. We'll see you back tomorrow night for AW versus NXT. We'll see how it all does go. Have a good one, guys.